So we've got a new voice we want everyone to get to know. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Zach Gershman joins me, his debut appearance. So be nice. We get his thoughts on the first week of training camp, what he's seen, what stood out to him. First, though, how about we learn more about him? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 656, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, one heart, one threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Wow. Here's Craig Grealoux. Really excited to be working with this gentleman. I think he is a great addition to the team, both online, on air, and perhaps soon to be on camera. <laughs> and as they say, first impressions are important. And I've got to say, Zach, I'm a little disappointed. Oh, no. Your debut episode of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And there are no gifts, no nothing. I mean, usually there's a housewarming gift when you come to a new place, and here we are, and you're empty-handed. I like to think that I'm the gift. It's the gift of life. It's the gift of my presence. Craig, that's that's what I'm here for. I want to bring the positive vibes, the energy. I want to bring it all here, so... Maybe it's an intangible gift, but it's a gift at that. <laughs> All right. I'll let that slide here for the debut episode. But uh, before we get into the nuts and bolts of Cardinals training camp powered by Cox, just who are you? Yeah, it's a question I ask myself quite often. Uh, I'm Zach Gershman for all of you guys back at home. Uh, thrilled to be joining this Cardinals content staff. And I got to say, when I was going through this job process, I just graduated from Penn State back in May, which feels like forever ago, even though it was only about two months ago. But when I was going through this process and looking at different teams and leagues, the Cardinals content staff, and I'm not just saying this because now I work with them, uh, is one of the best throughout any sports. So very excited to be joining the staff. But as I mentioned, just graduated from Penn State's Donald P. Belisario College of Communications. Got to give them a plug uh, with a broadcast journalism degree. From Philadelphia, born and raised over there in the city of brotherly love, and now moving all the way out here to Arizona. And some experience in the National Football League as well. Yeah, I've been able to, through Penn State and through uh, other different various opportunities, um, I'll start back a little bit. When I was 12 years old, I started my own YouTube channel called Zach on Sports, where I interviewed people in the Philadelphia sports world, media industry, business industry, and ultimately that expanded to interviewing broadcast legends like Kevin Harlan, Bob Costas, Tom Rinaldi, a lot of guys that fortunately we'll be able to see here on Sundays at State Farm Stadium. So I was able to do that and then through Penn State, working for a program like Penn State Football that really brings you into the spotlight of what it takes to become an NFL player, but also what it takes to become a part of an NFL staff as a whole and to join a content team as I'm doing here. I was able to go through them, through the Associated Press, and through the College of Communications to the Super Bowl this past February. It was on it was on Media Central, uh, Media Center, Radio Row. I guess that's what they now call it, the Media Center now. It's, I'm so used to it being called Radio Row from the days in the past. But I was able to go there. I was able to interview Cardinals like Isaiah Simmons and Carson Palmer and was able to speak with J.J. Watt when he was right after he announced his retirement. And it was an incredible experience. And it's funny how the last time I was here at State Farm Stadium, it was Chiefs and Birds. 
And now it's going to be a different kind of bird being the Arizona Cardinals, now this being the new home for me. And you've already got a connection with the head coach, Jonathan Gannon, that I still am working towards. <laughs> but you've got that connection already from – now, JG's not from Philadelphia, nope. but you did get a chance to introduce yourself to him and immediately was like, oh, yeah, he's Philly Eagles. So <laughs> – yeah. I didn't know if that scared him a little bit. <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure I said I, I'm from Philadelphia, not that I work in Philadelphia. But JG was great. I actually met him during the Super Bowl run when he was here with the Eagles through all the different media opportunities that we had. So spoke with him briefly. Nothing of substance necessarily as it relates to this new position, more so about the game. But JG is such a great guy from what I've heard, and I could actually hear it with the energy when he walks around the Dignity Health Training Center down in Tempe. You could hear it from our third floor area yep. when he walks in. He's clapping his hands. He's ready to go. And I used to hear he's like he's got that energy with him. And, it's, okay, you hear it. But to actually see it and hear it and feel it, this guy's the real deal, it seems. We've seen it definitely through the first week, not the first full week, but the first week of uh, Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. But really, your first training camp, but I want to get before we dive into the first couple of days of training camp because I think you had a great opportunity before the start of training camp. And that was to follow Kyler Murray around out in the community. We don't yep. see it a lot, but it is something that K1 has said that he wants to do a little bit more of here in year five with the Arizona Cardinals. And that happened on Monday, which was a busy day for everyone because you've got that plus the media day was on Tuesday. So a, a busy week, not only for yourself, but for Kyler Murray as well. But, uh, Let's talk about Kyler Murray, yeah. not so much when we see him on the field, but Kyler Murray off the field. Yeah, Kyler Murray off the field. Being an outsider before joining the Cardinals staff, you hear all these mixed perceptions of what Kyler Murray is viewed as, especially through social media. And uh, going into this process, I had no idea what to expect because it was going to be my first time meeting K1 and talking with him and seeing how he interacts as a person. Obviously, I've seen the star athlete he is on the football field, getting to see and hear him as a person. And we right away, we, we ended up going to Dick's Sporting Goods and to see the smile that he put on people's faces, but also to see the smile that he had on his face, knowing the impact that he could have. And his mom, Missy, was there. His dad, Kevin, was there. Uh, his dog, Swoosh, was there. They were all there, and they were all heavily a part of it. And to see Kyler walk onto that sprinter van, to see the four kids there with Miss Dana Burns from A Permanent Voice, they were so starstruck but so surprised. They had no idea what they were getting themselves into. And Dana Burns told me she was giving them hints. Do you guys know the Cardinals? Are they in the NFL, the NBA? And she was kind of toying around with the kids a little bit. And she was like, do you guys happen to know who the quarterback is? I have no idea who he is as they're pulling up into – Dick Sporting Goods and that quarterback, Kyler Murray, walks onto the Sprinter van and surprises them. And it was such a unique experience walking around the store. I'd never pictured Kyler Murray pushing a shopping cart <laughs> around uh, that was full and of there, And there are pictures yeah. on azcardinals.com. There are. And to, to see him pushing it around and the kids, can I get this? And he's just like, throw whatever into the bin. Like, let's get this going. Like, I want to spoil you guys a little bit. I know that you've gone through some challenges. Let me give you guys this opportunity to get away from those challenges and, and help you out. And as you mentioned, Craig, in the flight plan episode that this team did a great job producing, he said he wanted to make it a point to give back into the community. And as he's grown up in age, he's grown up in maturity as well as we've, as we've seen throughout this process. And when I spoke to Kevin Murray, he said, 
this is who he is. And to, to him, he's still a kid, and he's just playing a grown man's game. But he's still a kid at heart. And to resonate and relate to these kids, because he was saying to them, you're no different. You're Kyler Murray, a person. And that was something that I hope people were able to take away out of the piece that I was able to put together on azcardinals.com, is that this is Kyler Murray, the person, not Kyler Murray, the star athlete that we see here on any given Sunday at State Farm Stadium. All right, let's get into it again. That article up on azcardinals.com. All right, Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. I'll give Zach credit because as we are here, there is a lot to see, a lot to notice, especially during the open portions of practice. Everyone wants to detail who's out there, who's not out there, where are certain guys lining up. And it was you on Thursday, the first one to notice that outside linebacker MyJ Sanders had left practice early. We found out later from head coach Jonathan Gannon He's dealing with a hand injury. You are also the first one to talk to new tight end Jeff Swaim. That article, that note is up on azcardinals.com. But when we think about these first handful of days of training camp and you're still trying to get to know the team, both sides of the ball, where have you found your eyes are going initially? I honestly believe my eyes are going to the offensive line. I think it's very it's an interesting competition that you have over there. I feel like somebody that's not being talked about nearly as much that I'm shocked about is Paris Johnson Jr., considering that he is the sixth overall pick. And I understand you have Kelvin Beecham over there and you have your star in DJ Humphreys on the left side of the ta- uh, as the left tackle. But Paris Johnson Jr. has quietly been really impressive so far. He's been really dominant when I'm on the defensive side of the ball during the 7-on-7 drills or the 11-on-11 when they're practicing. You can hear some of the the defensive guys saying, like, oh, he's getting under me. And they're talking about Paris Johnson making an impact and knowing that he's able to make an impact on the offensive line right now, whether that's going to be at his natural spot at right tackle or if they move him to right guard. He, the, the defenders are talking about him, and they recognize the talent that he has there on that right side of the line. But I've definitely seen a lot with the offensive line, the defensive line as well. It's a free-for-all. Any, there's a bunch of open positions open there. As, as, as you and I have talked about, Rashard Lawrence, Jonathan Ledbetter, both of those guys have not been participating as much during the offseason. They're both on the field this go-around. They're making an impact too, and I spoke with Jonathan Gannon during the press conference, and I said, what do you want to see from these defensive, from these D-linemen? And he said, it's a production-based business. you got to go out there, and you got to win your one-on-ones. With Paris, it's interesting because, again, these first couple of days here at State Farm Stadium, as JG likes to say, they're in pajamas. Yep. There is spiders, which is just kind of, you know, on the shoulders, but it's not shoulder pads. Those will come on later. In fact, the earliest the Cardinals can be in pads is on Monday, July 31st. Don't know if they are going to be in pads, but that is the earliest the Cardinals can per the CBA. And I think that's when we'll really start to see what this rookie class can do, whether that's Paris Johnson, whether that's Michael Wilson, Keetrell Clark, who's getting a run in oh, the yeah. secondary opposite Marco Wilson on the cornerback side. But it's a big jump between the offseason and training camp, and then there's a jump between training camp and preseason. And then when you get to the regular season, that's when the veterans really hit the gas and really go. There is a measured approach for a lot of these veterans because they know that this is this is a long season and they need to be careful, take their steps, whereas the rookies – and some of these other young players who are trying to make an impression, whether that's the undrafted class or a second or third-year player, 
You want to make that impression regardless if you're in pads or not. You want to stand out on film. So they might be going out a little bit quicker, a little bit harder than maybe a Kelvin Beecham yeah. is or a Dennis Gardeck. Guys who know that their spots are secure on this roster. The pads, I think, we're going to see a lot, especially at that line of scrimmage. I would be shocked if we don't see the pads, considering how much JG has wanted the pads, as, as you mentioned calling what they're currently wearing, like the pajamas. And on day one, he said he's waiting for Monday. That's when you're going to be able to see how physical that you could really be. And I, I wrote in an article last night for azcardinals.com about being physical without actually the physicality component of it, making sure that your technique is right, making sure that your footwork's there, your eye discipline, your hand-eye coordination. You could check it all out on azcardinals.com. But I would be shocked if that is the case, that they're not going to be wearing pads but I believe that they're going to try to jump into it as quickly as possible. But you mentioned something interesting about some of the younger guys and how they're attacking this. I asked Cam Thomas when we were at media day, he and I were walking around. I said, year two, Cam, like, what's the biggest difference? What do you, what did you take from the previous camp that you want to bring it to this camp? And he said to me, he goes from last year to this year, it's an entirely new sport. The stuff that he learned from the previous training camp that he's taking into this one it's completely different. So when you have Mr. Consistency like Calvin Beecham, who has learned it over the years, yes, they get it. But for guys like Cam Thomas, who this is their second training camp, they're still learning up. Oh, they're still learning a lot of things as the process goes on. And as he mentioned, it's a completely different sport. I would hope that we do see that jump year one to year two. Cameron Thomas, my Jay Sanders, that edge rush, the outside linebacker position, especially without my Jay Sanders right now, and B.J. Ojolari looks very, very thin. But I think there's an expectation that Cameron Thomas himself, but I think the outside expectation, he needs to produce no matter when he is on that football field. He's got the size. Question is, all right, is he in a three-point stance? Is he standing up? But being able to affect the opposing quarterback because that's something that is a big question mark. If you can't get to the quarterback, that's going to put a lot of pressure on those guys in the secondary. And heading into training camp, I know you produced an article about the position overview, and you wrote about how Cam Thomas and Myjay Sanders, both of them had spurts of success. They flashed a little bit last season, each of them having three sacks. If that's something that Cam Thomas is able to build off of, and you also have a guy like Zayvon Collins who's moving over to that position, is transitioning over there, and DJ Humphreys, they asked him during the press conference, has he has he passed rushed you? Has he passed rushed you yet? And DJ said no, he's been dropping back in coverage, but I'm gonna be ready for it when it comes. But we know the type of talent that Zayvon Collins is, and he's transitioning to that to that role over there with Cam Thomas as well. He had parts of success last year in that position. Now he wants to expand, and as, and as you mentioned, you would believe that he would hope for himself to continue to be successful in that role. You throw in a Victor Dumukeji, Jesse Lucchetta, all young, unproven. I love me some entity. Jesse Lucchetta. That's Why? my Penn State. That's oh, my Penn State connection. He and I, <laughs> I walked, walked right into that one, yes, didn't I? Yes, you did. He and I walked, up, I walked up to him yesterday at the open locker room, and I said, Jesse, we are, and he's like, we are right back, and we're talking with Zayvon Collins, and we're like, yeah, Penn State might be a little bit of a cult. And Zayvon's like, well, I think Texas A&M might be, and we're like, no, that's something that the Penn Staters are going to take great pride in. But, yeah, Jesse Lucchetta, Victor as well, they're definitely able to make an impact because, like all positions, Jonathan Gannon has spoke about, there's a competition at each role. 
Now, I'm doing a quick scan here of this roster. Outside of Jesse, is he the only? He is. He is the only Penn State. Okay. All right. So you've got one. I got one. All right. I got one. Okay. And that, that, that'll make me happy and <laughs> smile and feel fulfilled for now. I know one of my favorite Penn Staters of all time, Trace McSorley, was recently here with the Cardinals. Obviously, now he's at the Patriots reuniting with another Penn Stater being Mike Gesicki. But listen, I got Jesse, and I'll tell you a funny story here. When we uh, – when I say we, because still being a Penn Stater, now I'm part of the alumni base. <laughs> I could say we. But my freshman year, Penn State was playing Pitt, and it's a big rivalry game back there. More so an old-school rivalry than it is a current rivalry. And we beat we beat Pitt, and that was it was a nasty game. It was raining. It was poorly played. Pitt missed a wide-open field goal that went wide left, and Penn State won the game. And Jesse Lucetta, I'm standing by the media room, which is right next to the locker room, Jesse Lucchetta is walking up the, the ramp, and he looks over. He does like a little eye scope with his eye, and he goes, make sure you guys got it clear. We run the state. It's real simple, and it walks off. And that was my first Jesse Lucchetta moment to see him now here when he was a star at Penn State, linebacker you over there to see the type of role he could potentially have here with this defense and Nick Rowell's defense and having a defensive-minded head coach and Jonathan Gannon. I'm excited to see what potential impact he can make. Need to introduce you to A.Q. Shipley, who lives oh, I know in AQ. the Valley, wore the Cardinals uniform for several years. They always try to run him out of town, but he always beat <laughs> whoever they brought in to be the center. But as far as Penn State, if you follow AQ on social media, he is huge, especially on Saturdays in the fall. Oh, yeah. I love, I love AQ. He came to the Penn State Whiteout this past year, and I was interviewing him on the sidelines, and it was the first time in a long time he was able to go to the Whiteout considering the fact that, you know, they're in season a lot of the time. And to see him reunite with a lot of his fellow alumni, I caught up with him at the Super Bowl as well. We were talking about when we were at the media center, we were talking about – the, the line of scrimmage in the trenches. I know that's what he gets most into being a center himself and uh, to see the excitement from him. But I love that you brought up AQ Shepley. That's great. You just dropped his first name and say it again because I don't think I had ever heard it or even knew it. And you want to know? It's Alan Quaid Shipley. And I'll tell you how I know because at the Super Bowl, I interviewed Pat McAfee. And I asked him, I said, being a Penn Stater, I have to ask you about AQ Shipley. And he goes, Alan Quaid Shipley. And I, I, did, I took a step back thinking to myself, that's his name. I never knew what AQ stood for until that moment. Yeah, I don't think I had known that either. And that probably doesn't say a heck of a lot for me <laughs> covering him for so many years. But, uh, yeah, AQ is one of a kind, especially if you talk ball, especially on that offensive line and what they want to do, moving the football and especially protecting the quarterback. Real quick, we kind yeah. of talked a lot about the defense, but offensively, what you what has stood out to you again it's real real early but again we talk about first impressions first impressions about what Drew Petzing wants to do yeah I would say what I've seen between Colt McCoy and Clayton Toon I'm assuming Colt McCoy is going to be yes. the starter that's what I'm assuming but I think Clayton Toon has done a really solid job in bringing in the tight ends I've seen him that's where a lot of his targets have been and we talked about Jeff Swaim a little bit um, how I was able to speak with him. Everyone's able to see it, and Zach Pascal spoke about it as well, who I think has had a really strong camp to start off. He has familiarity with Gannon from his time in Philadelphia, 
But you can see that Zach Pascal is really starting to shine a little bit. He's become one of the top targets for this team. Obviously, you have Hollywood Brown, who's a star, and you have Rondell Moore. Zach Pascal is fitting in greatly. It's fitting in great with as that third wide receiver, second third wide receiver between him and Rondell Moore. But I've seen Clayton Toon. Everyone said everyone's talked about his arm strength. I know he has said during the draft process he thought he was the best quarterback in the draft. He's trying to show it here in the arm strength. He's still got a lot of room to improve, but we've been able to see some glimpses during these first few days. I like how the ball comes out of Clayton's hand and the tight end position. I think that's going to be fascinating because we haven't seen it recently. The yeah. previous coaching staff didn't utilize the tight end as much, but seeing two tight ends, three tight ends on the field at the same time. I think a lot of that, whether you see three, might determine or be determined on the health of a Zach Ertz and when he might be available. I know he wants to be available week one. Still on the physically unable to perform list, but how much this team all offseason talked about being physical, wanting to run the football, and you're going to need more than just that five offensive linemen, but a sixth, seventh, Someone on that line of scrimmage, maybe two tight ends. Yeah, and I was standing next to Wolf on the sidelines during practice oh, yesterday. Oh, you must have got an earful. Oh, that. my God, did I get an earful. I loved it, though. It was great because Jonathan Gannett said he wants to cram the ball vertical, and I know we talked about putting that on a bumper sticker and going out there and using James Conner as a power back, getting through the hole. But as you mentioned, with the tight ends, they now have that possibility. When you have a Zach Ertz, if, he does, if he's able to get healthy and he's able to get onto the field soon. Obviously, as you mentioned, he's still on the pup list, and he's not off that pup list by game one. He'll be out for the first four games. But to know that we, ha to know that they have him, to know that they have Jeff Swaim, two veteran tight ends, you have the size to do so. You have the size to run up the middle or, or to run to the size sides utilizing those tight ends. But on the passing side as well, I've seen Jeff Swaim get heavily involved into the offense. We're assuming that Zach Ertz is going to come back healthy and he'll be heavily involved with the offense. He talked about his recovery a little bit and said how he's been recovering with Kyler. And the two of them have built a great chemistry over this time, jokingly saying, or maybe not jokingly saying, that they're going to become best friends through this process. It'll be interesting to see how that translates to the field on Sundays. Good stuff, Zach. I think Correct. you stop it. I think you passed stop despite it. how this began without any did the vibes gifts or anything? Were the vibes the good gifts, though? Yeah, yeah I, I think it will make do. All right. We might what? have to bring you back. Okay. If, if we do, let me know. I will keep you updated. <laughs> Three to five business days. Exactly, yes. Don't call us. We'll call you. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amahundro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher, for the new guy, young Zach Gershman. I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.